welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi, and uh, sitting here in my Star Wars room, deep in the heart of Gentilly. That's my that's my shtick now. Uh, anyway, is Dave and Fredo and Aaron. Everybody say hi. Uh, hi. hi. Yeah, and uh, this uh, this episode will be coronavirus free. We hope. Br- brought to you by toilet paper and hand Hero. sanitizer. <laughs> Yeah, because so. you can't buy that anyway. That's right. Um, but anyway, so that that's the every every everything on social media has to be about um, coronavirus in some way or another. So we had to put that little thing in at the beginning. It is law now. But anyway, we should also talk uh, about the local impact, probably right. We were all planning to go uh, parading well, yeah. and uh, yeah, planning I mean, doing stuff that can't yeah. be done now. Yeah, you got you got a bunch of. Bunch of New Orleanians, yeah, and I don't want to make light because there are people who exactly. are sick, and I, I'm, yeah, but you know, I'm an irreverent person. You know, I hope, I hope my funeral has beer and jokes and a lot of irreverence. But um, there's a lot of New Orleanians just looking out the window like it's raining on their baseball game because we're supposed <laughs> to have, um, gosh, St. Patrick's Day parades all over the place. Um, we're supposed to have Super Sunday. With the Mardi Gras Indians, um, uh, Wednesday at the Square got, was kind of the first event that got put on the back burner. Don't know if that one's gonna continue indefinitely. Um, there was a second line uptown that's gonna that got postponed. So that's just the start of things. And then as we proceeded, more and more events of every size, from the smallest to the biggest, have kind of ran into the realities of life. Well, you know, coronavirus. and it is, you, you like to think that, all right, if you, now I, I get it. You can't, God, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. We're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to move on to, we're just going to move on to uh star Wars stuff. Cause that's what we're here to talk about. But, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff that's supposed to be happening. We're on the crest of festival season. So yeah, I mean, let's, uh, let's hope this just we blows got fingers by crossed us. for jazz fest, right? Yeah. Cause that's the big one. That's the big economic driver locally. And that's French, the one that yeah. most people care about. And, I will say the people listening to this, I, I, I mean, I really, I really do think, and my wife and I are going to be doing this, that if we're healthy, we're going to be going to a restaurant, going to a bar and helping making sure that, cause there's a lot of people that's going to take a huge economic hit. You know, I have a job that I can work anywhere. You know, my wife is a teacher and you know, if push comes to shove, they're, you know, a lot of schools are doing stuff online. All the colleges here are, you know, so there's things you can do, but there are some that rely on your tips, rely on your patronage. And, um, you know, I, I think if you're healthy, you know, just wash your hands. Like some, one of my friends said, don't touch your face. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. I always touch my face and I was like, Oh, I touched my face. Now now you (laughs) react to it. Now the other thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, we get orders to stay in place come when the hurricanes come barreling down on us. And, and we go find a bar. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We were actually at a bar when the last hurricane came by. Brittany and I were at the Holy Ground uh, when there was a tornado. Oh, was, well, yeah. And I came and met y'all when the last hurricane was supposed to be coming by. Yeah, I think and so. And everybody's just drinking inside. People here are at a complete loss because it's always... Whatever's going on, it's like, well, go to the bar or go to my friend's house and have a few beers at their hurricane party or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, what do I do with myself? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it and St. Patrick's Day. It, and again, it's 
there are going to be tons more St. Patrick's days. But, you know, for me, when I was, before I moved to New Orleans, I was in an Irish band and St. Patrick's day was, oh, it was like Christmas. You know, we played from eight o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And it was such a celebration. So I, you know, even coming here, I look forward to whether it's the block party at Finn's or the parade or what the, you know, play with my session group and stuff like that. But all that's getting shut down. I was supposed to have a session on Sunday. That's not happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, I might, uh, yeah, there's part of me that's thinking about just having some, some people over some musicians and play on my back porch. Just buy, buy some Guinness and Jameson and yeah. make it feel like it, like it used to. So anyway, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you have something to entertain yourself with while you're, you know, sitting at home and besides us, you mean doing nothing. Yeah. You can just listen to these podcasts over and over again. Um, or you can watch the clone wars on Disney plus, which we'll be talking about here shortly. Um, but, uh, but first, uh, we're going to do our normal, well, I guess let's just go around the horn. Anybody geeking out over anything? Uh, it could be star Wars related. It could be anything. I just binge watched uh, season three of Castlevania on Netflix, which is oh, really cool. fun. Yeah. Uh, it's very much an anime style of uh, animation. And, uh, very adult theme this season even more so than last season uh they're kind of taking their cues from some of the games if you remember playing castlevania as a kid again mm-hmm. uh i remember renting that game from, <laughs> i remember when you could rent games mm-hmm. yeah and so uh so that, that's been i mean it's only like nine episodes maybe ten episodes but it's really well done really well voice acted the voice actors the cast they have i mean really bring a good quality to it so it's, uh, but like I said, it's an adult themed show. So there's not, there's not a cartoon you want to watch with your kids. Oh, opposite of Clone Wars. Oh, so it's a cartoon. Yeah, okay. it's animated. So, but uh, just keep that in mind that uh, even like something like Clone Wars, it's like PG. Th- like if Clone Wars, if, if Rebels is PG, Clone Wars is PG-13, this is very much a hard R-rated uh, show. Luna agrees. She does. In the background. Uh, I'm uh, watching. I'm reading Last Shot right now, um, which I'm enjoying a lot. Um, and uh, uh, we also just watched um, the new Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot. And I know that you went to the event. Yeah. So I was yeah. curious, like how that event went, and if you enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, I went to it. It was the day after Mardi Gras. Um, Kevin Smith had the Jay and Silent Bob Road Show. Turned out that Shannon Elizabeth was sitting two rows ahead of us. <laughs> um, because actually Brittany was on Twitter and said, Shannon Elizabeth is here. I was like, really? No kidding. Cause somebody was geeking out over it. And then like partway, once the movie started wrapping up or whatever, all of a sudden people started standing up and it's like, yeah, that's Shannon Elizabeth. And then off she went. And so it was, it was her and Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley. Right. Um, so they were, they were there. And of course, Kevin Smith's wife, uh, Jennifer Schwalbach. And their dog, Shecky. Um, but anyway, so I was at the Joy, and it was it was fun. But oh my God, does Kevin Smith talk a lot? I mean, <laughs> I've I've got his you know an, an evening with Kevin Smith, which that that is like one of the best DVDs you can find. Just if you ever find an evening with Kevin Smith, it's like you just start going to colleges and just telling stories and Superman stories. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 The Prince one is even more so, (laughs) but anyway, then, you know, and and then I've watched the others and I knew he talked a lot, 
But at one point, I mean, Shannon Elizabeth walked off stage. I think she was like, why am I here? You know? And so she just skidoodled and then eventually came back because, because, you know, uh, Jason Muse and Harley went and got her. But, um, but yeah, he talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. And I just wanted to say, let somebody else answer, you know, but I think they all just have been beaten down by life and realize that if <laughs> Kevin's going to, you know, answer a question, it's going to be 15 minutes. So I, I have a soft spot for Kevin Smith because he's responsible for my marriage because uh, I met my wife through a um, Kevin Smith uh, message board after Clerks 2 came out. Oh, right on. Yeah. They actually, um, they actually, he actually married two people at the end of it. By that time, it was midnight, and Brittany and I are like, oh, we got to work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't need to see two people get married. And, you know, happy trails, but we're off. Um, no, I, th- I thought the movie was, was, it was fun. I thought the post credits scene was the payoff. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it. I, yeah, because I have not seen I, it. I, I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It was, but I'm yeah. sure we saw it. Um, but uh, no, it was like I said. The whole the whole thing was was fun. I thought the the movie was fun. I mean, making fun of reboots and you know what's <laughs> the difference? Reboot. What's the difference between a reboot and a uh, remake? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, and then it was also fun because it was in filmed in New Orleans, and so people are like, ah, I know that place. Ah, I know that place. But and Kevin Smith speaks to our generation. Yeah, except he said New Orleans all the time, and somebody <laughs> actually corrected him from the from the audience at one point, but it just kind of went over his head. But it's like... You're not changing that. I mean, I'm surprised he even got a word in Edgewise. You know, I'm saying I couldn't. But here's the thing is that I can't believe that... Uh, I, I played at the Kansas City Irish Festival, and backstage, they had instructions. You are in Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas. Or Missouri. You know, they would like tell bands because everybody's like, oh, it's so great to be in Kansas. This is long before Trump, you know, made the mistake. But it's like, you know, it's because <laughs> you are in Kansas City, Missouri. And there would still be some idiot. that would. But I can't believe it's like, all right, hey, Kevin, remember, it's New Orleans. Or anybody that comes in. The only way you say New Orleans is if you're singing the song or, yeah, singing a song. That's mm-hmm. it. Just say NOLA. Or Nola, the or boom. the street if you're looking for Orleans Street. Orleans. Or you're talking about the parish. That's true. Well, yeah, somebody pointed that out to me. Like, <laughs> what's what's the deal with the inconsistency between the parish that's and just, the That's just New Orleans. I mean, welcome <laughs> that's just to Orleans. Incons- <laughs> just welcome to consistent inconsistency. I mean, yeah. we got the oldest Catholic church, you know, two blocks away from the seediest dives on the planet. Right. Remember, you can be standing on Orleans Parish in New Orleans, in Orleans, uh, Orleans Avenue in New Orleans, in Orleans Parish. So... <laughs> Named after Orléans. But anyway, so, did you did you enjoy the James? Yeah, 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 it was good, and it was. I mean, it, you know, derivative. Of the, course, it is though. The, you know, it was supposed to be. Yeah, and the story. There was a really good story. This is not giving anything away, because um, it's you know Jay finds out he has a you know daughter. Daughter. Um, but anyway, he said the the most poignant scene for him was that last one when he's telling Harley's character, uh, you know, saying. You know, and then, you know, me and Silent Bob, you know, fought off these uh, demons. And then me and Silent Bob did this. He was basically, remember that? He was rehashing at the end. He said when he was filming that, he was realizing 
that it wasn't just Jay telling um, Millie that was, yeah, because her name was Millennium Falcon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, telling Millie all these things, but he was actually relaying to Harley what he and her dad had done. Right. And it was really emotional for him because he's been Uncle Jay to her forever. So that was a, that was a really neat story to hear. Yeah. But oh my gosh, Jason Muse, don't do drugs, kids, because he don't age well. So sadly, unfortunately, but truly, I mean, yeah. That's and you know that I think that's one of the, diff, the interesting things about uh, Kevin Smith's writing is he always finds a way to have an emotional payoff in within all his verbiage and all his uh, geekiness. It's he finds a way to wrap it around an emotional core that's going to hit people, primarily people our age because we're of a similar age as him. But it 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 gets to something. It's not just I'm just making you know McClunky cut type jokes. And referencing Star Wars, it's there's a payoff to the end. So yeah, I, I thought it was well, that was a fun movie, yeah. and the the event was was fun, but you know, long. Yeah, it was long. It was long. <laughs> and here's the problem: doing it on Ash Wednesday, the day after Mardi Gras, yeah, starting at eight o'clock too. Yeah, it's like man, let's get off my lawn while I'm at it. You know, <laughs> exactly. No, that's... couldn't have bumped that up to like five thirty, maybe or seven. So anyway, so yeah, that's a. Uh, I guess I'll just make that what it, my geeky. We'll just share that geeky moment right okay. there. So there we go. Um, so cool. All right. Well, it's trivia time. Um, so uh, yeah, as you know, we usually go around the horn and uh, try to stump each other. So uh, Fredo, why don't you start? Pick okay. whoever your victim is. Okay, I will go. Any, any, money? I'll go with Dave. He's here. Uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Meaning that I we can go this way and he can ask you and you can ask me. I think it's reversed from last time, so it makes sense. Exactly. That's what I meant. Okay. Who wails that navigating through an asteroid field is, quote, suicide, end quote? Man, now I'm, now I'm questioning myself. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say Princess Leia. You're... Not right. Oh, it was the other one. It was the other one you're yeah. thinking, C three PO. Yes, which, yeah. which is the best. One of the funniest, probably missed moments in all of Empire, is when Han says, "I'm going to go in closer to one of the big ones," and they all went, and he's and C three PO goes closer. <laughs> then just very quickly, C three PO hugs Chewbacca. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> he leans forward and he hugs Chewbacca. It's just, it's just the fun. It just, it's just a missed moment. So, well, I imagine it's just him acting out in the moment, and because of the cutaway, nobody notices. But you know, they're actors, and they're in the moment, and in the moment, that's what you do. You hug your nearest Wookie. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Man, all right. I'll see if I can stump Aaron here. Well, I wasn't trying to stump you. <laughs> if I was trying to stump you, there was a question in here I could have done, but. What two characters each mention having a bad feeling about this in two different movies? Whoa, read that one again? This yeah. is like doing calculus in my head. What? What two characters okay. each mention having a bad feeling about this in two different movies? Okay, so I'm trying to do the math on that for you. Yeah, I know. There so, are two people who say it twice. So I know, I'm. Wow, 
I'm not even giving pause for people at home to play fairly. Um, I'm going to say Han Solo. That's right. Okay. And Luke Skywalker. I don't think that last no. one's wrong. Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what I thought was the other one. Because I thought, okay, he says that about Fenton Menace and Revenge of the Sith. Be- beginning of Revenge of the Sith. I know, that's gone. the one that's in my head. But yeah. But where's the other one that he says it? Was um, it Fenton Menace? I think he says it in the arena. Okay, okay. I think he might say it in the so arena. So I talked to the clones. Yeah. Because he obviously doesn't say it in uh, in A New Hope because that's Luke who says it. Then. See, the prequels are not my Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the you got the original trilogy. That's right, right. That's right. Anyway, well, I guess I got to go back and watch the prequels now. All right. You'll have time. Uh-oh. Who returns... Fredo, who returns a barely responsive Padme Amidala back to her starship? Hmm. Read that one for me again. Who returns a barely responsive Padme Amidala back to her starship? These are kind of deep cuts tonight, aren't they? Yeah, the the image that popped in my head was not the one that's the answer, I don't think. I think, and I'm giving a moment here, I think the answer is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nope. C-3PO? It's C-3PO. Okay, see? Did we all Off get them wrong? Yes. Yeah, we all three got <laughs> We all three got them wrong? Well, you got Holy. half, right? You got half, right? So. Uh, yeah, 50% though in a class. It's still an F. Still an F. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I guess we all had to go watch the prequels. This is true. Because I was thinking, the only image I was thinking when you started asking the question was Attack of the Clones when the clone and trooper and she fall over from the transport onto the sands. I was like, but when you said unconscious, I was like, okay, the only time I see her unconscious is um, Revenge of the Sith, but it totally slipped my mind it was 3PO. So a little bit a little bit of news, and so I'm throwing you guys, because I'm just thinking now we could should go back and watch, you know, episodes one, two, and three and see, do they hold up? You know, what mm-hmm. are we, because I, I don't know when the last time was I watched um, one of those. It's been a while. When TNT um, showed them. <laughs> but... Coming out what March thirty first, right? Is uh, Rise of Skywalker? Mm-hmm. That's is that the digital? That's the, the Blu-ray. Di- the Blu-ray. The digital is coming out uh, next week. I think. Next mm-hmm. week. All right. So here's the question: Are you going to only get digital, or are you going to get on a Blu-ray, or are you going to do both? I usually get the Blu-ray digital combo pack. Because here's the deal: Now that if you got Disney Plus, you're probably going to be watching on Disney Plus at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. so. True, but I, I, you know, I find I still, I'm still the maybe old, you know, get off my long kids kind of person who still likes to have the the, the hard medium. I agree. Uh, plus, I mean, a lot of times now with, um, with the, when you buy it, they do include the code so you can download the digital version for free. Yeah. So it's like, might as well do that, and you know, it costs you only a few dollars more, and you have a hard copy in case somebody needs a DVD, has a DVD player or a Blu-ray player. Throw it in, and you have the digital for whenever you want to pop it in. So, Dave, are you 20th century or 21st century? What do you? 20th century all the way. Well, I mean, like I like both. I'm the same mm-hmm. way. I, I like having that digital copy because um, it's more convenient. Um, but I like having that physical copy too because, like, it is a better transfer, and it's not gonna like as long as it's not damaged. It's it's gonna give you a better playback too. 
Um, and like that, that matters to me. It doesn't matter to a lot of people. And if the internet goes down. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, yeah. I want to think it was, was it after the premiere of Rise of Skywalker? Somebody was saying that, um, like there were Disney people taking a poll, like, all right, so this movie, will you, will you want it on, you know, Blu-ray or will you just want it on digital, you know, or both or would you watch it on disney plus they had to fill out a card or whatever Betamax. you know it's so um obviously i think their mind is a is a ticking that you know i wonder what will happen in the future if disney plus is is gangbusters and dvd sales are not all that you know high will in the future are we just going to get our star wars on uh just digital well what's interesting is you mentioned that but i've seen a number of people who recently are commenting on they're finding they're not finding enough value out of disney plus you know to keep it they're considering dropping it at this point because they're like look i love the mandalorian it was awesome but if i'm not into necessarily clone wars there's not much else to keep me well so back. so forget let's let's take the disney plus part of it out of it or mm-hmm. part out of it let's um if again if they're if digital or hard yeah if you it's far less money to just here's your code you know um download it and off you go i don't know is that is that where we're headed I like having a backup i don't know well, I, I agree with yeah. you but you know it's for me i think what happens is this and i tend not to, i tend to buy most it's the same i look at it the same way i do books you know if you have to move moving books is the worst part of moving because you, they don't get do you see how many boxes of books we had? Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, those were those were just Brits, right? Yeah, and I wrote I wrote books heavy as McClunky exactly. on, on yeah, each well, one of them. Yeah, well, you only need to move once or twice. And by the way, some of them are mine too, and <laughs> most of them are hers. But I, I don't know. Oh, trust me. Yeah. You know, you only have to move once or twice to start thinking. I don't really need to be carrying this copy of, you know, this cheap novel that I picked up for five bucks at a at a book sale. I can just buy the digital and whatever. So I tend to buy majority now on digital because I have an iPad, I have a Kindle. But there's some stuff that I still do want to buy the hard copy. Like um, there was the George R. R. Martin book, The World of Ice and Fire, which is this beautiful leather-bound book, has all these wonderful illustrations. I'm like, that one, I'm willing to splurge the money, get the hard copy because I'm going to enjoy that more than a digital. Most stuff that I would get on paperback, eh, I can get the digital. And I, I think that's the way I'm going to treat it is something like uh, Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to want to own that, a hard copy of that. Uh, for something else, I may just go, yeah, I can just get the digital whenever. I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to this release because I saw Rise of Skywalker twice and it was the opening weekend. Didn't see it then. And I haven't seen it since. And, you know, after all of the consternation and arguing and ups and downs and reviews and everything like that. It'd be interesting. Just, it'll be fun to go back and watch it and go, what's my reaction now? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Dave, you look like you're going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say to that the, my purchase threshold is definitely lower now that Disney plus is a thing because our kids, um, we used to buy them Disney movies left and right all over the place. And so now it's like, yeah, do we really need to get that? You know, we really need to buy Toy Story 4, for example, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely affected things. But 
Um, if I'm going to buy something, I still go for the combo. Well, yeah. So. No, I was going to say just simply, and it's kind of the point that we were making way back when we were talking about Rise of Skywalker about at some point, it's just going to have to live on that shelf alongside all the other movies and be a part. And we're about to get into that point now where all the consternation and all the um, vitriol and all the fighting over it. I mean, some of it will always happen, will always continue. But the vast majority has just died down, and now it's just going to be a movie. So we're so we're t- to the people listening. We were talking about all right, just getting our ducks in a row of what we're going to talk about uh, tonight. One of the things we mentioned because Disney has a new CEO, and we're kind of should we talk about that? I was like, nah, nah, it's it's probably nothing. But now that we're talking about this, yes, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> um, one of the uh, one of the criticisms of this new CEO that Disney has because he was in charge of the parks is that he's it's all about the bottom line for him and it's like he cut a lot of the performers um that you would have at epcot or in magic kingdom you know uh like you know for example one of my former students was a trumpet player in the band that would you know come out and play in main street or on main street usa and stuff like that and um, so he cut a lot of that and saying, well, our cast members, basically the people who are the ticket takers of the ride, you know, um, they're, they're the entertainment. So, but, and they also don't have apparently, um, a lot, as many people taking the photo pass stuff. They have like automated boxes for, you know, to get your picture taken and stuff like that. So if everything's about the bottom line, that's why now I'm wondering, it's like, if nobody's buying our DVDs and we've got this Disney plus thing and you're saying people are going to, there's no reason for me to have Disney plus. How about if we strong arm them into buying Disney plus so they can get their star Wars movie, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be interesting. To, maybe that's not fair to this guy, but from what I've heard about him, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens because it's, um, you know, cause he, apparently he's a, a penny pincher and not too innovative of a, person so anyway who knows i mean coming from the theme park background he certainly understands the business side of things (laughs) you know that much um so i you know time will tell but i like i like disney plus where it's at and i know some people are like like you said they're gonna cancel just because i might i don't feel like i'm getting enough those Marvel shows are right around the corner, <laughs> a few months away, and so I'm like, well, I don't want to miss those. Um, and, and I still think you get enough value out of it from just the backlog, the back catalog of, of shows, oh, and movies that you get For out of parents. It. And I, I was gonna say, I think it, I think it's a lot different. If it would be a lot different if we had kids, yeah. you know, that where you can you have a Disney movie at the ready, you know, as long as you have an internet connection. Yep. Off you go. Oh, so you're telling that I just reminded uh, last weekend I went and saw my nephew for his eighth birthday, and the thing that he was most in love—I mean, he's in love with Pokemon, but he's also in love with this Disney Channel movie called Zombies, and he keeps yeah. playing the soundtrack over and over and over again to the point that I think my brother, and my sister-in-law can sing it in their sleep. <laughs> Which is the thing most kids do—they they love something and they play it till they. They burn themselves out of it. So, but it's that's the thing. Say, like if you're a parent, if you got any kind of kid, and they're into something in there, you can't get rid of it. 
you're, you're kind of hemmed in. Uh, as for the CEO, I'm just going to say, uh, look, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for him. You know, in some ways, he might be the kind of person who is very interested in Disney Plus because it provides a lot of bang for not a lot of buck. By the way, breaking news. Because as, as I'm about to as I'm about to send my wife a text to turn on the air conditioning, uh, she sent a text that said uh, Disney World closed through the end of March. Mm-hmm. I saw Disneyland have closed, so I'm not surprised Disney World. So you got there just at the right time, Dave. I did. Yeah. Under the gun. <laughs> so tonight is uh, about Clone Wars. We are all now caught up. Dave yeah. binge binged watched the the first three episodes. Um, Fredo and I have been watching them, you know, each week. Um, and, uh, I just realized we skipped over a topic, but we'll hit that later. So anyway, but we're talking, we're talking, uh, we're talking Clone Wars, uh, Clone Wars season seven is now on Disney plus. And, um, how long has it been since Clone Wars was a thing? That's, uh, they had season six on, um, Netflix. on Netflix back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. So six years, just about. So, so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they had this arc. It was, they're calling it the bad batch arc. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, the, the premise is, um, that, the uh, the clones and Anakin, you know, the Republic are stymied because they're they keep getting it's like the the separatists are one step ahead of them or figuring their tactics out, and yeah, that's the word I heard tactic like five times in a row, and it just starts sounding like a fake word. But anyway, <laughs> um, every time they use the tactic, they get they get figured out, and so they they keep getting beat, and um, so. They need to do something a little bit more unconventional. And so Cody calls in uh, this group of, I guess, elite clone troopers uh, called the Bad Batch. And these are all clones that have some sort of genetic defect um, that gives them some sort of special whatever Mm -hmm. ability. And um, so they go on a mission, a a three episode mission. Um, First of all, um, if you haven't watched any of the Clone Wars, the stuff that I just said probably just went right over your head. Um, but um, let's all remember that what the you know the the clones were you know cloned cloned from Jango Fett. Um, they um, in previous episodes there was a uh, was it Clone ninety nine? Was he the the one that aged? really quickly they're uh, they're the ones that he was uh that this this troop was named after Mm -hmm. um so there have been some genetic defects talked about mutations talked before Mm -hmm. um but um i don't know so where was i going Well, the main arc in season six the beginning of season six was with this idea of a clone rejecting order 66 um top mm-hmm. but it was in this same uh group of clones mm-hmm. um led by rex and so rex and actually ends up going on to become a big um character in rebels um and then he got retconned into return of the jedi um so he's like everybody's favorite clone trooper um and he figures heavily in this arc because he's the one who's getting outmaneuvered and 
he begins to suspect that it might have been one of his um, clone brothers. Clone brothers that is responsible for this. So first of all, before we dive, you know, we'll maybe just keep walking ever so slowly through the uh, or quickly, whatever we want to do through through the arc. Um, when the episode first started, what were first impressions? Um, I will say mine was, holy crap, the camera work. You know, I know it's camera in air quotes, right. but these long shots going under people and things that it, it was what I think about every director would love to be able to do that they can't in a live action movie. And it's such cool, just makes this whole, makes the whole thing bigger. I just, the camera work was incredible. I thought. I was going to say, I was thinking of um, a quote from Alan Moore, the comic book creator, who said he loved his, his medium because there's stuff here I can do that nobody else can do elsewhere. Like, yeah, you can adapt it, but you can't do what I can do here. And in many ways, this was a good way for Filoni to show this is what we can do in animation. Because the camera work, the way that the camera swoops in and out of stuff, you know, yeah, you can kind of replicate it on live action, but you're going to have to mix in a lot of special effects. Whereas here, because it's animated, you can design your shot and animate it seamlessly, so you're just in the moment. And uh, first impression was, okay, it felt like Clone Wars, which is a good sign. It felt like... If you had not watched a single episode and then decided to binge them all at once, this probably would have fit right in and you could have kept going without a problem. Um, it felt clone heavy. Um, There's a lot of promise in the trailers of the Siege of Mandalore, um, Ahsoka's reappearance, Darth Maul's reappearance, um, things that are genuinely exciting for a lot of people. Um, and we spend the first three episodes with the clones, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so I think I've heard that as a critique. Um, I, it's like you, I, want, you want the steak, but you got to eat the salad first. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If, if anything, that's true to the spirit of the series. Because that's how the whole series has been. Where... You know, you go through a couple of episodes, you're like, well, I, you know, is this for me? I don't know if this is for me. And uh, is this a kid's show? What's going on here? Um, and then, bam, you get hit in the face and you're like, wow, this is really good, isn't it? Um, now, I wouldn't say that these episodes lacked for action or intrigue. But, um, again, know this going in. If you haven't started watching it yet, we're very clone heavy early on. Um, and they're and they they go through great pains to introduce the bad batch, which are the new characters. You know, and that so that was um, I, I was rewatching it here a couple of days ago, and I was struck by when you when you meet the bad batch, um, and there's there's five of them, four four of them, four of them. There's Hunter, who he's I guess got uh, heightened senses. He can feel things you can smell he things just, he, he mostly he, hunts with knives or fights um, with knives. you have wrecker wrecker was my favorite i just thought he was fun wrecker is what he sounds like he's just big and he's, he's strong the ben Grimm of the group yeah um you have tech 
tech is the the nerdy, you know, more scientific, you know. Um, Donatello from the Ninja Turtles. See, that's one thing I was <laughs> comparing. It's like, okay, what's that? Well, and then you have uh, Crosshairs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. he's the sniper. Um, so obviously, ice cold guy. Yeah, the nerdy one. So when as I was rewatching this, I was like, you know. My God, this is Full Metal Jacket halfway through. <laughs> like you know, when when uh, Matthew Modine's character is in Vietnam and he you know meets up with Cowboy, you know, and it's Animal like mother. they're they're introducing all and this is so and so and he and it's like oh that's Wrecker, you know, type of thing. it just it reminded me of Full Metal Jacket. I don't know. Because, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think where in the storyline in terms of where in the war we are here, but this is... Well, uh, there is uh, there's there is a hint because Anakin and Obi-Wan are wearing the same clothes from episode three, so we are really darn close to Revenge of the Sith. Right, so it's been three, four years of fighting. So it's interesting that up until this point, they had not heard of the Bad Batch or had not met with them, but... It's inter- interesting that four years into the war and you're just getting introduced to these characters, but at the same time, that the weight of what you know, of fighting nonstop for four years hasn't necessarily taken a toll on them the way that it's shown to have taken on Rex. None of them had a peace sign on their helmet, though. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. There were no Matthew Modines in the bunch. Yeah. But I like the Ninja Turtle comparison. Yeah, with Donatello. I, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious because it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Because the yeah. other thing is, the other comparison that drew when I saw the Bad Batch was uh, Republic Commando, the video game that came out in 2004, 2005, in, in conjunction with, um, uh, with Revenge of the Sith. Because, again, that one, you play as the commander of a squad of clone troopers of commando troopers that go on these missions. And again, even though you don't see them, you know, it's all voice acted, they go through great pains of differentiating those individual characters. And I think that's one of the things that I mentioned last week is one of the talents that Felonius had is he's found a way to make whole unique characters out of clones. So out of a character that all supposed they all look the same. They're all supposed to look the same by and large. But well, you want to know who the who the talent is? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't remember his name right right oh. offhand. But the well, guy, all know. the the guy who voices the the he's the voice for every single clone. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and so especially here with the Bad Batch, and you got and then you've got Cody and Rex, and you know all the others. He has to just change the voice ever so slightly so that it but make it all fit i mean that guy's got to be he's got to have to go home and drink after that (laughs) that just would be tough you know it's like no that still that sounds too much like rex you got to do it again with a little bit more it's like uh but uh um the other thing i was struck by was um right away it was because it's like anakin gives rex a look and I was automatically taken out of the episode and right into a Rebels episode. Mm-hmm. It had, because Rebels, the animation in Rebels had enough Disney animation to it. You know what I mean? It's like when the when a Disney villain kind of gives a look, you know, that's the look that Callus would give in um, Rebels. And there's a little bit of that. I mean, obviously the animation has gotten better. Mm-hmm. But when you start doing things that you really didn't do in the previous six, seasons. you know, seasons, and suddenly Anakin can give a little bit of a shrug in his, you know, in his brow, 
then it just takes you like, whoa, what was that? And his nose, did did his nose drive (laughs) you nuts? I said last episode. (laughs) It wasn't so bad. I did okay with it. It was like a Pinocchio thing. I don't know what's... It might have been slightly different. And that's, you know, again, I mean, I said that it felt part of, but that's one thing we have to recognize. It's five years of technological advancement in terms of, um, design and animation and and it had well, to be tough you had to like make it still look like clone wars but with it's you know especially if they're making rebels yeah after after you spend all that time you know being on the cutting edge so to speak of animation not having to go back and kind of throttle yourself so to speak that sounds dirty right i'm looking up the actor's <laughs> name is it d bradley baker yes 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 oh, there okay. it is um props like the fact that he can do that is just incredible. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're in the episode and they're, so they're going on basically this kind of special ops mission. And um, another thing that I'm struck by is that battle droids are the worst thing that anybody ever invented. They're worthless. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like how many battle droids get slaughtered and they're dumb too. It's like, you know, Phantom Menace kind of plays them up to be kind of goofy, but the Clone Wars really made them dumb. You know, hey, what are you doing there? And he gets his head blown off. But anyway, um, so, but I guess the battle droids were not supposed to really win, you know. They were no match for the Jedi. They were just supposed, they're just supposed to be, you know, in the way. Um, But anyway, uh, so they go on this special ops mission because, and they end up getting... Um, let's just cut to the just to yeah, the because they think it's it's some sort of algorithm that's you know predicting that, that's the predicting Republic yeah. moves ahead of the Republic making it. And they find that's not the case. Yeah, they find out that the there's it's actually a person who's transmitting these things, and it is the clone Echo, Echo who uh, back in a previous episode, um, gosh, season. <laughs> Four. Uh, it's the from the citadel right which he's, is which is where you see what oh, is oh. soon to be grand moff tarkin, tarkin but he's what admiral tarkin uh, no at this point he's just captain, captain that's captain. right he's captain to season the three season three, three. all right so we've we've we thought that do the homework here we've thought that echo has been dead but they hear his voice because he because uh rex asked tech to you know find out who's sending this mm-hmm. and then he replies back with his clone oh. number mm-hmm. so so that was the end of that first episode i mean so the first episode was just kind of getting to know the the, the characters that. i don't know were there any characters that you latched on to like i said i liked wrecker i thought he was fun no actually i liked all of them it was it was unique their banter again it's it's they're finding ways of letting you know these these Characters have all been together for a while. They get to know one another. Juxtaposing them against Rex uh, originally and then later on Rex and Anakin who have been together for the majority of the war and kind of saying, okay, they're going to have to come together to get through, but kind of showing you the difference. Even though there's been one war, they've not fought it together. Any characters that kind of stuck with you, Dave? I thought they were fun overall, but no one in particular really jumped out at me. Because we skipped over something very important that happened in this episode, and that's when we find out that Rex and Obi Wan. This in the no. first. No, it was in the second episode. Was that in the second one? That was in the okay. second episode. Okay, so we're so we're in the second episode. That's right, because when they're now they to go to they're the going to go to the planet where the the transmission from Echo is. But that's at the beginning, and we find out that 
Rex and Anakin or Rex and Obi-Wan both know about Anakin and Padme. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. kind of huge. It was huge. Well, here's what's interesting. But it but I'm sorry, it actually made me feel a little bit better cuz I always found it awkward in Revenge of the Sith when Yoda says to Obi-Wan, "Use your feelings. You'll you'll know where he is." Mm-hmm. Or know how to find him. Basically, Yoda's like, "Dude, come on." You, you know, he and you know <laughs> Yeah. And it always, you know, so it always made it, I thought that Obi-Wan was Johnny come lately, mm-hmm. but that's not, that's not the case. They've set it up that, you know, yeah, I, I know you got a thing for her. That was, did that strike you guys as like, well, isn't that interesting? First of all, that Rex knew. And then also mm-hmm. that. Cause what's interesting is that it starts off that, okay, we're going to head off. And Anakin's like, no, 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 we got to do this thing first. And at first Rex is like, what are you talking about? And they goes, oh, okay. So it's not the first time that. Anakin has asked them to be lookout while he's talking to Padme in secrecy. So uh, it's gotten to a point where it's not even registering in Rex anymore. It's a big deal. Did you notice the music after uh, Obi-Wan says, I hope you at least said hi to Padme for me? Mm-hmm. And Anakin turns and gives him a look. Did you notice the music after that? I didn't hear it. It was Across the Stars. Mm-hmm. So it was, that was well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was well done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I find it interesting the way that they play that moment with Obi-Wan. Because at first it's played for last. Like Obi-Wan's like, okay, come on. You know, what are you doing here, Rex? Where's Anakin? You're supposed to be heading out. And he's trying to come up with some lame excuse as to why he's standing outside while Anakin's inside with his helmet and he's trying to do something. And obviously it doesn't go anywhere because Obi-Wan knows what's going on. Um, though the question that I have is, does he know that they're married? Yeah, I don't know that. Because it seems, I mean, it could be interesting to think that maybe Obi Wan's aware that, yeah, Obi, you know, Anakin had a thing for Padme, Padme had a thing for Anakin. Maybe they're still keeping it alive in some kind of way, but is he aware of that they're married, that they're together? You know, how much of their relationship is he cognizant of? Of course, the Clone Wars also did a, you know, with they they kind of had a lot of. Um, I don't know how to put it, but I mean, when you, when you think that, for example, that Obi-Wan, I guess in my mental model of Obi-Wan from episode four and going up until this point in the Clone Wars that he was Jedi through and through and devout and, you know, by the book, by the book and then you come to find out, no, he had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, he was in love with Satine. So mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like, you know, you know, well, you know, priests aren't supposed to, you know, <laughs> you know, get married or, you know, something like, you know, it's that type of a thing. And yet, um, and, and yet, so, <laughs> but, you know, here we've got, you know, like, so that was my mental model. Then in Clone Wars, they, they give, so Obi-Wan really can't be too judgmental of Anakin for, you know, having a thing for Padme. having a thing for Padme because he had a thing for Satine. And you he know, tells him that. He's, I think he says, you know, it's okay to have these feelings, but you can't act on them. Mm-hmm. And so that tells you that he doesn't know the full story. Um, just that Anakin has this t- attachment and love for her. Which is why I think that the moment when he finally dawns on him that, you know, that Anakin's the dad of Padme's kids or soon to be kids. <laughs> There was a meme I saw that had uh, Anakin and uh, um, and the Emperor. Well, 
uh, Anakin and Palpatine at the opera, you know, from episode mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine says, you know, our grandkids are going to kiss one day. And Anakin goes, what? He said, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever see the uh, how they should have ended for Revenge, uh, for Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. The, the one funny thing I kept loving was the, the way they turned Anakin. It's like, you're going to be a grandfather? <laughs> That also, I love that. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, so yeah, they so go. So they on. head off on the mission to forget the name of it. Anyway, Skyco Major or something like that. There's a yeah. there's a kind of a primitive uh, tribe. tribe of people that fly a bunch of lizards and right. Um, but anyway, I, I guess and we, it it seemed like we had a lot to to had to go through a lot to get to the payoff at the end of this. I so mean, Watt Tambor yeah. is the guy and he's the guy from attack of the clones with the green head and the metal tubes, tubes yeah, the techno face. union. Techno, yeah. techno union. He has to adjust his, yeah, yeah. his voice, voice thing. Yeah. yeah. And so he's in this and he's one of the big, big bads and they drive around on segways. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Right. Well, he don't look like he's. He doesn't look like he's ran for a while. So, but uh, yeah, but like I said, I think we we had to go through a lot of blown up battle droids and everything to to finally get to the end where they actually do find um, Echo. Echo, and he's and I think this is really interesting. Well, he's he's connected to the, basically he's their supercomputer, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, and there's very matrixy moment the way he's connected as well when they disconnect him and stuff like that. I was like reminded that. of uh, Locutus and the Borg from Star Trek, and I know that may be sacrilegious to Aaron here. That's all right. <laughs> I, you know, it's, Star Trek is one of those things where I don't dislike Star Trek. I've just never gotten into it. Yeah. So I have nothing against people who like Star Trek. Yeah, but, pulled into that though. Um. But so we do find Echo and he's more machine now than man. I mean, he's got, I mean, I, it was, I watched another kind of, uh, um, replay people reviewing this, this episode and they do point out, um, he looks very much the way Anakin is going to look in in just few weeks. You know, it's like he's got metal legs. He's got metal arms. Um, he's got all those tubes connecting in that. Um, he reminded when they found him, they reminded me of that scene in uh, Rogue One. Oh, yeah. When they drain all the Bakta out of the Bakta tank that where Anakin is healing. Yeah. Before he talks to uh, Krennic. And, uh, but I think that's by design. I think there is a conscious effort. There's been a conscious effort ever since the prequels to juxtapose these kind of mergings of, of organic and metallic creatures, you know, whether it's General Grievous in episode three or Echo in this episode, to have those examples of different kind of ways in which it could have gone versus the way that Anakin turns into Darth Vader. So so I'm kind of hustling through this because I don't want it to be my only, my personal preference. I don't really want to just do a rehash right, of what the episode right, is. Yeah. So, so it's mostly they shoot because they um, shoot the droids, they scale the tower, they shoot more droids. Well, so yeah, and the, so now we're so now we're into the third episode where yeah, they they shoot more droids and they they get they get away. Everybody survives. I was expecting one of the bad batch to die, and spoiler mm-hmm. alert, nobody dies, and they get away with Echo. Um, and the very interesting thing is that the very end is you know 
the way they play that off. It's like, have you ever seen the, the, um, because Rex said it's going to be just like old times and Echo says, yeah, just like old times. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have a close up on him and they, the music is really kind of sinister. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen the, the Family Guy episode where there's um, evil Stewie? Mm-hmm. And Brian doesn't know which one is real Stewie and which one's evil Stewie. And at the the very end, they they cut to Stewie and he turns to the camera and it's the whole Michael Jackson thriller ending, mm-hmm. you know. So did he get the real Stewie or not, you know? So is there is there something sinister going on? And before we answer that, I'm just, I'll get to the bigger question is what do you think in the grand scheme of the clone war story and knowing that we're going to episode three and beyond, why is, why is this arc important? What is it, what is it doing to propel a story? I have some, some thoughts. I don't, you know, but what do you, what do you think the overall purpose of why, why tell this story? Well, one of the things I like what Fredo said um, about the um, mirroring of Anakin's story through Echo um, and just this, that's always been an intentional thing. And I know that people have um, differing thoughts on ring theory. And I know a lot of people have seen those videos. and Where stuff rhymes, that's yeah, why, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's, it's always debatable how much of that is intentional and how much isn't and how much is just fans reading into things. Um, and I think in this case, it's definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think it's meant to portend what's going to happen to Anakin. See, and I've got, so here's the thoughts that are going in my head, Okay, is that you have the Bad Batch, you have these bad clones, mutated, not bad like bad, but bad, you know, evil. but not bad evil, yeah, but, you know, they, they, they're mutations, basically, they were kind of throwaways, but, um, and you have Echo, who has been manipulated by the techno union, the separatists to, and hooked into machines and stuff like that. And then fast forward, and I'm looking at this rebels poster here that I, you know, have, you have the episode where they find Rex in the rebels episode. And he says, you know, Wolf and Gregor and I removed our chips. All the clones have a chip in them that, um, triggers order 66. So, A, did the Bad Batch have that chip or were they tossed aside and not given that chip? That's a fun B, question. But sorry, B, yep. Echo through all the, because he's got a lot of hookups and he's been manipulated a lot and stuff like that. Is he going to say, hey, Rex, because he did say, I've got a headache. You know, that's the other thing. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm reading far into this, but is he the one that's going to tip Rex off to the fact that they're, because they already had an episode where I think it was fives, mm-hmm. you know, his chip went bonkers. That's the whole arc in, at the start of episode of season five, where, or season five or season, season six, 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 where fives finds that Tup's chip malfunction, he kills a, his Jedi master, and then he goes on this four episode arc about finding the truth of the chip. That's in his brain. That's designed to stymie Order sixty six until 
the emperor is ready or Sidious is ready to drop that on them. But is so is Echo going to be some sort of confirmation to Rex and that triggers them to remove their chips? Um, so again, I think there's got the bad batch, you know, they mm -hmm. may know something as well. To me, there's got to be something that's got to bridge that gap somehow. First Mm -hmm. of all, for you know, the whole Order 66 link, the fact that. Rex finds out somehow and he removes his chip. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if that's what... I think you're right because we're so close to Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. in the timeline. See, either it's going to be revealed... Because they're wearing the same clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's either going to be revealed that he's already removed it as a result of what happened in season six. Um, at some point he will reveal that or something's got to happen here that will spark him to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to get some more knowledge on that. Because when I first saw that that scene, what, what two things kind of struck me. First of all, how much it rhymed in relation to Anakin's future situation. Uh, Echo was one of these characters, like model clone soldier, similar nature to Rex. And then he's considered dead and he's taken by his enemies and twisted into a machine and used for his skills, which are um, strategic strategic in nature, uh, to fight the people that he used to be fighting. Oh, how we long for the days of just making up words. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so yeah. But yeah, but that idea of taking the hero, bringing him low, turn him into a machine, and have him become an asset of the bad guys, very much what happens when it was about to happen to Anakin. So, and part of me was thinking, wait a minute, has Echo been helping plot what the next few moves are going to be for the Separatists? What what the final end game is going to be for the war? Because he's aware of both what the Republic can do and what he's, the Separatists can do. So, if he's if he's smart enough to outwit Rex and what he and Anakin are trying to manage, well, he's smart enough to help the Separatists come up with a plan to topple the uh, Republic, so to speak. So that was the first thing that popped in my head. But the other thing that kind of popped in my head is what you're discussing regarding Rex and the chip in Order 66. It could be very well that he's aware of what's going to happen because they may have fed that into his database of information saying, okay, we're going to put all this into you so you are so you can plan, okay, when is it the perfect time for us to drop this? On the other hand, do the Separatists even know about Order 66? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, There's so, so much about that that's still not revealed. Well, and there here's the other thing. I so in in the Clone Wars, please refresh me. Did did we ever meet Wolf and Gregor like we meet them in, in Rebels? Rebels? Uh, so we met Wolf I, in one of the arcs because they talk about. I mean, I think I remember like the Wolf Pack. I might but, have to get onto Wikipedia. But here's the, but here's my thing is that you know. He said, you know, Wolf and Gregor and I removed our chips. Why mm-hmm. Why just the three? Mm-hmm. You know could what I mean? It was done in secrecy and silence, and that's all the people he could do before he got started. Could be there he's the only ones he could convince. It's going to be, again, that may be the reason why we're going so clone-heavy at the start, because we're not going to... This is, As we get to the other characters that are more fan favorites, so to speak, the clones are going to fall once again back into the background. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. So maybe you started here 
introduce the Bad Batch, introduce the clones again first, so you get back into the feeling of the Clone Wars, but also because their arc is going to play in the background as everything else kind of falls into place. So again, that's what I was just wondering, was what is this arc doing to... Because uh, always, it always drives me nuts when people use the word filler episode. You know, and it's like every episode is doing something or should be doing something to propel the story, the story forward. Somehow. Especially when you only have 12. You, you know, know, it's one thing when you got 24, you can say, okay, you might throw one or two to the, you know, aside if you want to kind of well, do some I things. would, I would even disagree. I cannot imagine that anybody who's writing a check for anything, mm-hmm. like, let's just, I mean, if, if you're like, okay, I got 12 episodes, I'm just going to dial it in on two of them and you're going to pay me the same. I mean, they're, they're, I, mean I would, is, I would, but I, I, I would, those, they can't really, I think we just get irritated by them because those filler, filler episodes in quotes, mm-hmm. um, are just slower in nature to, to be, well, we've talked I mean about is, it in previous yeah. episode, but yeah. Well, I think what I mean by, by that is that there's going to have, there has to be a point where you're introducing new characters, new elements. You can't just be hitting the same fan favorite stuff all the time. So somewhere along the storyline, there has to be a moment where you get to, devote an episode to the rookies. You devote an episode to, you know, somebody like 99. You know, you devote an element, you know, you take some time to, to feature a smaller character because otherwise they don't become favorites. How, how is anybody going to, you know, enjoy somebody like Rex or somebody like Echo if you don't have an episode where you actually see them in action and actually get to know them? You know, if you're only featuring Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and versus Maul and Asajj, well... And then somebody comes and says, oh, well, introduce a new character. Well, you haven't given us the opportunity to get to know that character. We don't care. A lot of the content in um, the prequel era is um, foreshadowing mm-hmm. for Anakin. I mean, you're talking about this season in particular, but you go to the movies. Um, George has been quoted about how each of the um, villains of the three films was kind of a surrogate for Darth Vader. You have the the raw evil of the Darth Maul. Then you have the more fallen Jedi story of Dooku. And then you have the cybernetic monster with uh, Grievous. Mm -hmm. And so like within that, you kind of look at the Clone Wars and you can kind of look at the series in the same way too. And I think Filoni is doing some of the same things. Um, You can look at certain characters as being... (laughs) This is where you're headed, <laughs> mm-hmm. or this is this is what this is what the story is all about, and um, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to see those kinds of connections. I will say, I think it's going to be interesting because um, you know you said this is very clone heavy in this mm-hmm. one, um, in this first arc, and it was I, that was if there's a criticism I have is that it was like every every about 20 seconds we're in another battle mm-hmm. is what it, it, what it seemed like, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, didn't have much time to really settle and breathe. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into the arc with Ahsoka kind of finding herself because she leaves the Jedi order and there's going to be a whole arc on what happened basically after that. Between then and Fulcrum. And I think that's going to be, rather that my guess is that's going to be rather slow and more introspective and it's going to make people kind of go, eh. you know, I, I, I don't know. There's going to be action obviously, but I don't think, I think 
this it'll be interesting to see what we talk about in that next arc because it's, it just this one just went boom 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 and just I think yeah. that may have been by design maybe introduce action heavy first to kind of reintroduce everybody to the Clone Wars and before you start getting into the more nuanced and more introspective arcs because yeah I mean put it this way I mean think to the Yoda arc at the end of season 6 if you had started the season out with that I mean you'd have been excited because oh my god featuring Yoda and whatnot, and all the force but it also from an outsider point is very esoteric it's oh, very yeah. it's very abstract it's very heavy yeah exactly if you introduce that first people will be like I don't know if I want to hang on to this so I think sometimes you have to balance that those needs of okay give the, give the crowd the the crowd policing episodes where it's action and they're shooting and they're fighting and they look they're not going to make it out but they make it out at the last minute and hooray and then you can kind of get into the more introspective and uh, nuanced elements of the story so uh, Dave you said you found the the next episode's titles we don't know what the we really don't know what the arc is but we're going to make our guesses here yeah so the next three episodes unfinished business gone with a trace deal no deal so the final episode for me sparks a political type of maneuvering possibly see to me it seems like it has something to do with Ahsoka because we know she gets back. She's not a Jedi, but she goes back to working with the Jedi because we've seen the trailer and stuff like that. She's going to be leading clones into, you know, the Siege of Mandalore stuff. So I wonder, to me, that's like some some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. agreement between, you know, yeah, I'll help you out, but I ain't coming back type of thing. That's my guess. But what you said political, what were you? I don't know. Just in general, that was the first thing that came to mind. And then unfinished business made me think of Maul immediately. I mean, who has the most unfinished business at this point? Who's still out there? And it's him. He's what was it? harboring uh, all this ill will. Sam Witwer described him as, and pardon me, I cannot remember the character's name, but the in mythology, the guy who's constantly pushing the bull. Sisyphus. Yes, he's, he, that's Maul. <laughs> and when when he went through that, I was like, that, that's absolutely, because you know, just Maul is never, talk about a chance to breathe, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, the, the, actually when re- hearing, I mean, those three episode titles, the two characters popped in my head. I mean, Ahsoka did pop in, but actually Maul and Asajj Ventress. Because both of them are kind of running around doing their own thing. But at, as we left them at the end of season five, because neither one of them featured in season six, uh, both of them are in different spaces. I mean, Maul is getting electrocuted by Obsidious, and Asajj has become a bounty hunter on the underbowels of, of, the, uh, of Coruscant. Could the, well, I guess we did see. I think we did get a what the arcs were going to be. I, I would like to hope that we see Cad Bane at some point. Um, Especially if he's coming back for uh, season two of Mandalorian. <laughs> Gone with a trace could be hyper foreboding. It could be gone, gone, which means a character could meet their end. And so, if you think about that, like how many characters could meet their end, and Asajj is one. So, I don't know. Like I said, I, th- I thought we did, maybe just people were speculating as to what the arcs were going to be. But 
Um, so yeah, so I guess you're after these first three episodes, we're still intrigued. We're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, uh, you never watched the clone wars before and you jumped in here, you might be just a little lost, <laughs> but then, Ooh, it, okay. Do, do you want to know actually what the premises sure. are? Okay. Yeah, here we go. I went to uh clone wars.fandom.com. So unfinished business premieres tomorrow. Premise, Anakin Skywalker and the Bad Batch attempt attempt to gain a victory for the Republic. So we're still on the Bad Batch. Gone with a Trace, premieres following week. Ahsoka befriends a pilot but must hide her Jedi past while trying to stop a dangerous droid. So we are finally going to get into Ahsoka. Deal or no deal, Trace makes a rash decision after learning what they are transporting is for the Pike Syndicate. Interesting. So Trace is a character. Mm -hmm. So one more episode of The Bad Batch. Probably going back, bringing Echo. Solving some of those questions left from the last three episodes. First three episodes. And then we get into Ahsoka's story arc and her... uh, Well, it's interesting. It says, befriends a pilot. I'm guessing the pilot must be Trace. Trying to hide her Jedi past. And trying to stop a dangerous droid. Well, I do know she goes into the underworld, like not mm-hmm. the not the mob. I mean, but goes into <laughs> lower the, the lower levels, lower Coruscant. Um, so, yeah. So, so yeah. That's yeah. Pro- that's Ahsoka what that whole fans. You have one more week <laughs> to yeah. wait. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll see a little bit this episode. Who knows? But mm-hmm. um, well, cool. Well, so yeah. I like I said, I'm really really impressed with just the camera work. That's the thing I find most fun it's just it's really just good to look at except for why do they always have to be in a sandstorm in a desert planet and why didn't Filoni have it in him to have Anakin go oh I hate sand (laughs) (laughs) or not another sand planet you know I mean there were other there were other throwbacks there were some lines from uh from other movies I can't remember right offhand but yeah I don't recall what you're saying but I don't remember there's some throwbacks I mean that would have been just a really good like ugh and you know something like that just that uh, yeah it would have gotten everybody to laugh and cheer so uh something that broke while we were on mardi gras break and everything like that was um project luminous and we're, so it's a bunch of books comic books and uh actually a rumor that was out is that there's going to be a vr thing possibly that's a rumor now mm, wouldn't surprise me but uh the biggest deal is that it takes place during the high republic which is 200 years, they're saying 200 years before uh, Phantom Menace. And they've likened it to the Jedi or like the Knights of the Round Table type thing. They dance whenever they're able. Yeah. <laughs> Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> able. Um, but anyway, uh, we digress. Uh, but uh, And there's also one that's kind of, out, you know, I think, to, towards the Outer Rim or something. They liken him to a um, Texas Ranger or kind of a, sound like a Wyatt Earp type of a Jedi. Yep. Um, so I guess, A, what do we, what do we think about this, this premise of, the, of stories happening in this era? And uh, these are going to be also uh, young adult um, kids more adult uh not the r-rated stuff you're talking about but um and also comic books how are you going to take in 
all this information? Do you have a game plan for it? Anyway, so first of all, the High Republic, what do we think? It's going to be interesting. Like I said a few weeks back, I think this is the first major publishing attempt within Star Wars since the new Jedi Order. How long ago was that? You know, which almost 15 years ago, 14 years ago, thereabouts. Anyway, so this is the first one that's under Disney's, you know, ownership. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're doing. It's interesting that they're not picking the Old Republic period, which is 4,000 years in the past, and they've kind of established some lore and some character and some dynamics for that. It's interesting that it's not happening in the future. They're picking a spot kind of right at the middle of, you know, when everything Obi-Wan told Luke basically was true. You know, I think I, I think it's no surprise that they did that because if they would have gone to the Old Republic, then all those people who played the video games and read the books and whatnot would be like, that's not the way it goes, you know. It's Korriban. So they can, so here they can just, we're going to write this and the net nerds can't, you know, mm-hmm. call us on the carpet. But anyway. No, it's, it's 100% old new, old new information. Yeah. You know, you don't, you can revisit worlds because stuff like whether it's Tatooine or Coruscant or Naboo will be present. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the dynamics are the same. Doesn't mean that the way that the Jedi are going to behave is the same as the Jedi we meet in Phantom Menace. So it's going to be an interesting way of seeing how they're going to present all this information. As for a strategy, uh, buy the book, read it, see if I like it. Buy if I do. Buy the next but one. But there's going to be there's going to be several, and they're going to be like young adult, and they're going to be kid stuff. I'm actually, and I'm I'm a slow reader. Just always have been. I mean, I I like to read, but it just. Just I don't devour them like my wife does. Um, so I'm thinking a lot of audiobooks are going to be in my future because I also don't really want to go buy a bunch of YA novels, you know. But I do want to know what the story is, and I don't want to have to go read it on Wikipedia, you know. Uh, so I think maybe audiobooks are going to be. That's you know, going to make me go buy comic books again. Well, I haven't bought a comic book since like I think seventh grade. But there are they, apps for that now. That's true. And then if you get the audiobooks, I mean, depending on if you get, you can get Mark Hamill to come in. He's a great, he, I don't know if you know, he's a great voice actor. <laughs> you can totally bring him in. He is indeed. Um, I like this line, um, Michael, Michael Siglan, he explained that the story truly began to come together with the question of what scares the Jedi. So they got everybody together and this, with the story group and they got all these authors in a room together and they said, you know, basically, what are we going to, what do you guys want to write about? You have a blank slate, but we're going to set it in this time period where, you know, we really haven't done anything before so that you guys can just run wild, set the, you know, take the handcuffs off, do what you want. It gives them a lot of creative license. Um, but I, I think that's kind of, that's a compelling idea. What scares the Jedi? It's like, okay. why do the Jedi need to be scared? I mean, I guess, and at their height of their powers too. It's not like, yeah, you know, these are the Jedi who other Jedi idolize. So, yeah. so I was listening to the Resistance broadcast, which is a, a good Star Wars podcast. It's fun, um, and so they brought. I think it was this one. They brought up this really good point. So this is not my original idea. This is theirs. But, you know, for this, they actually, you know, first of all, all the writers, you know, got together and there was a big brainstorming session. Um, So they are working collaboratively, which is cool, which is what 
I think we everybody wanted the movies to right. Be. <laughs> it doesn't does it is that such a hard idea to say? All right, listen, you guys, make whatever movie you want, but you know, we let's all figure out what this story is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think they learned. Hopefully, they learned their lesson. I'll make dogs bark. Um, hopefully, they've learned their lesson. So future movies, maybe they'll do that. But um, what was interesting is that they had even like Doug Chang who was one of the visual artists for the prequels and for the sequels. They had him drawing up characters and ships and everything like that. And so this is what they were, this is what the resistance broadcast was kind of their hypothesis was like, you know, Benioff and Wise was supposed to be doing this movie that was about maybe the same time or, you know, same type of thing and was that's supposed to be part of this was there going to be a movie that was going to be linked with this book project and then you know netflix you know stole them away stole them away you know and um and now we're we're left with the books not not that we're we're left with the books oh boohoo mm-hmm. but I, I wonder if there was like i said there was a movie linked to it because it is kind of a real big gamble to put this whole effort behind books and comic books. And would, I don't mean to make it sound yeah. like that books are bad, but it's just no. like, if you're trying to go get bucks, you know, that's it's a few thousand dollars though, to fly everybody into the same room together, put them up in a hotel for a week and hash out some ideas. So it's really probably not that huge of an investment. So drop in the bucket. Um, that's what I would say. And I, think- uh, and I was going to say, I mean, remember what started the expanded universe that everybody fell in love with was Timothy Son writing three books. I don't, you don't have to say everybody fell in love with it. I didn't. Okay. Okay. Fair expanded enough. universe really bothered me. But the point being, it, it comes, all of that stuff comes out of Son writing Heir to the Empire and it'd be going number one to New York Times bestseller list. And then... From there, you get Shadows of the Empire, and you get all the uh, Dark Horse comics, uh, comic books coming out. You get the whole, the whole universe that then Disney, oh my God, flushed down the drains and called Legends. Maybe this, maybe this is uh, for another podcast, but I'm reminded of a line from the movie The American President, mm-hmm. and it says um, when I think Michael J. Fox's character says to the president, "It says the people are starving for." They're thirsting for leadership and they'll drink the sand, you know, and the president says they'll drink the sand because they don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And I think you could have not saying those books are bad Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But you're also that was an, a place where there was no Star Wars. And suddenly there was like there was an oasis. And I don't know. I I, I, I guess what my point is. In regarding the power of printed media, books, to impact Star Wars fandom, to put it that way. We've seen that in action. We've seen it happen. And maybe they were not necessarily as careful back then. Because so far, all the books that have been published, whether it's the Aftermath series or Last Shot or, you know, the novelizations, which, (laughs) you know, you want to talk about people getting mad about, about a book. We can talk about the novelization for Rise of Skywalker coming out. Anyway, besides that, I might buy that. I mean, I just might because I think it has a 
a great chance to flesh it out. But anyway, but I, it, but the, no, but the point I was going to make is yeah. simply that it seems like Disney's being more cautious now, and they're going to go, okay, we're rolling this out. We have a game plan. You know, we have a plan in place. As Aaron gets a call, I don't know who the heck is calling me at whatever. So keep that's going. all right. No, no, but just that idea of you know maybe they did maybe they weren't careful. They didn't think those books were going to be as big a deal as they became and spawn all the other media it spawned. But now Disney's like, okay, we know we want books, we want comic books, we want video games, we want toys, we want everything that Star Wars fandom wants to go out and get. We want to give it to them. But we have to do it in a certain way, otherwise it could quickly spiral out of control and out of, you know, out of our hands. And at that point, we don't know what we're going to do. Then we end up in a McClunky uh, series of stuff that, you know, people are arguing with us about the mistakes we made. Yeah, it's really one of two possibilities, which was like the theory of we're planning to put a movie in this era as part of this and we're building up to that. Or... We just are going to let them set them loose here because we don't have any plans to put a movie or there. Or could this be the the mystery movie of twenty twenty two or whatever it is? Right. Mm-hmm. Could be. I mean, and that's that's the other thing. Right now, all we know is that there's supposed to be a movie coming out December twenty twenty two. I mean, they even locked in the date. I think mm-hmm. like they're saying it's like a week or so before Christmas or a few days before Christmas. Like if you're locking in a release date. You better know what the heck you're making. Of course, and now we've dovetailed off of that, but there's also speculation of if the Obi-Wan series is now being made into a movie Back again. Back into a movie. Yeah. yeah. So well, if they need if they need to fill that slot, well, there you go. But anyway, I think there's a couple of that. So uh, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'd be an interesting, I, I like the idea of being in a time period that we haven't explored yet. Um, you know, I like I kind of like the idea of that that image of the the Texas Ranger. You know, Jedi. Jedi. You know, that's Chuck Norris with a lightsaber. Like I said, you know, the Wyatt Earp. You know, you know the peacekeepers. I mean, that's that's what the you know the Marshall you know was. Um, no, I was just because we say- haven't really we haven't really seen the Jedi be peacekeepers you know we've seen them be Warriors. soldiers. Mm-hmm. We've seen them you know be extinct. Yeah, um, Dave's showing us a great podcast moment. Dave's showing us the picture that was, you know, the High Republic. of the High Republic Jedi. Jedi. So um, mean mugging. Yeah, but no, but what I was going to say is because what's interesting in regards to we are for the first time in uncharted territory for Star Wars because after the sequel, after the prequels were done, we're just okay. That's it. No more movies, and then Disney bought them and. We're going to get movies, and we were merely told it's going to be episode 7, 8, and 9. We're getting that sequels that we have always wanted. But now we're not. We know that whatever movie comes out next is going to be something wholly different because they just spent the last year telling, you know, 2019 telling us, you know, Rise of Skywalker is the end of the Skywalker saga. No more episode movies after this. Now, how long will that keep? Right. We'll see. But the idea being for the first time, there is a whole galaxy out there of stories that they can tell. And there's no immediate demand that they make this one thing or that one thing. I mean, they're going to make an Obi-Wan project, whether it's movie or TV shows. They're going to make the cast and end or TV series. We're going to get Mandalorian. So, But beyond those projects that already started, it's pretty much, you know, carte blanche. You know, it's whatever you want to do. Ryan Johnson, do what you want to do. Kevin Feige, do what you want to do. 
Cool. The Wild West. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so I, I I have a friend Switch. who he was he was a police officer mm-hmm. and uh, he said man he he would always wish that lightsabers were real because that would be his backup weapon <laughs> you know like just a lightsaber on the belt so um, I'm that way too I would I, I would have a lightsaber in a heartbeat oh darn I was just I was just figuring out how old Cad Bane was he's only fifty one. Because oh, I was thinking, yeah, he won't go back that far. Yeah, because if because because <laughs> you imagine it being out on the you know the frontier, the wild west, the outer rim, and the Jedi running into young Cat Bane, then yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think he's just picturing this moment. And he's he's in a moment of happiness. No, for some reason, I've just every time we talk about like Baby Yoda or you know Baby anything, it's like I just flash back to lumpy <laughs> lumpy. Was it Lumpy? Is that the 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 little little, no the little uh, Wookie's name Chewbacca's little brother? (laughs) Wasn't it Lumpy? Yes. Oh, now we're back to the holiday. Now we're back to the holiday special. With that, I think it's time for us to uh, probably either refill our our drinks or call it a night. But uh, um, so yeah, so we'll be uh, continuing listening, uh, watching the the Clone Wars and talking about it. Um, And we got other. Star Wars goodness coming, but uh, until then, I suppose we'll sign off and uh, we'll give a rousing hoodat. 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 And an elbow high five. Bad brothers. And just remember, from words from Fredo, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yeah, over and over again. So we'll see you later. Makanki.